Welcome back to How You Slice It. Uh, South Bronx native Luis Perez has been working in restaurants and making pizza since he was 14 years old. Later in life, he fell into a corporate nine to five job and really missed the days of connecting with his community, uh, especially over food and, and pizza. An unexpected turn of events led him to start his own pop-up pizzeria featuring an imported Piaggio Ape, and we'll talk about what that is exactly uh, for folks who may not know, uh, where he began slinging pies all around Rochester area, making a name for himself. And today we talk about what it takes to turn a side hustle into a, a business, a thriving business, and the trials and errors of operating your own uh, small business pizza shop. Welcome to How You Slice It, Luis. Very excited for this conversation, and thank you for joining us. Not a problem. Very much have been looking forward to this opportunity, you know, to be able to share my story with you and obviously the pizza community, specifically the small, you know, small locally owned pizza community. But yeah, it's definitely been a, a fun journey so far. Um, and, and, and I feel like there's, there's so many people in this industry who have very similar stories, you know, um, from getting into the pizza industry during the pandemic and, and it's so nice to make all these connections amongst those, those small business owners, um, and share our stories and our, our troubles and trials throughout this entire journey. It's been very, very neat. And you know, your journey has taken you through a couple of different paths, you started mm -hmm. off in the restaurant business. Then you went uh, sort of the corporate path and worked a nine to five. Yeah. Uh, and then most recently, uh, back in the uh, in the pizza game, uh, walk me through what led you back into uh, into launching a pizza brand first, a, a mobile version, and then you know eventually a shop. For sure. So so initially, like my entire career was working like in multiple facets within the hospitality and service industry. So, you know, I worked for small locally owned businesses. I worked for corporate and private and the corporate and private were more later in my life, but early on a lot of small locally owned businesses. And, and for the bulk of my career, whether it was whatever leadership position or management position that I was in, specifically, I guess, like the, the locally owned ones, it was always like the guidance that I got was don't open your own restaurant. Don't do it. It's going to eat you alive. It's going to consume you. Nine out of 10 restaurants fail or hospitality service rest or businesses fail. So a lot of, of, of my work experience early on was like discouraging in the sense like it's going to consume you you know, and be physically tolling and mentally challenging um, throughout the entire journey. And and for me, you know, I, I, I took that throughout my teens into my early 20s and wanted to work my way through like that, that structure of getting to that Monday through Friday, nine to five holidays and weekends and, you know, retirement and all that good stuff and uh, work my way through that. And when I actually made it to that point, I had a lot more time on my hand and my most recent position held was in a college dining atmosphere. So mm. I managed a, a dining hall on a at a college campus here in Rochester and really just like when summer and breaks were in session, we really didn't have to report to work for a full 40 hour work week. So I was getting out of work by two in the afternoon, three in the afternoon, you know, Monday through Friday, sometimes working half day. So I had a lot more time on my hands and no, no weekends, which I came from working pretty much 
weekends only for the majority of my career. So I had all this extra time on my hand and uh, decided to purchase this little portable pizza oven. And that in combination of having all that free time, I was like, you know what? Why don't I start making some pizzas for friends and family? It got more and more encouragement from friends and family to do something with it. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't I start up like a, a, a pop-up concept or a mobile concept? Um, and that was when the pop-up community really started to explode as these portable pizza ovens became readily available for, you know, your at-home chefs. And uh, for me, I purchased a Rockbox oven from Gosney. And I had a, f- a family member who owned a, a farm and cidery. So I pitched this idea to come do a kitchen takeover at her cidery. And I made like 30 pizzas at that point and um, got my feet wet. And then from there was like, all right, when can I do this again? So it turned into like this residency at my cousin's cidery. And um, from there, it was like figuring out how to get to the Rochester market. Like her cidery was a little bit outside the city of Rochester. But uh, from there, her her network of small business owners did reach out to the Rochester area. And I got my my way into some some breweries, cideries and wineries in the Rochester area come 2020, or at least had plans to get into it come 2020. But then ultimately, 2020 came along and changed everything for me. Yeah, yeah. So everything for 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 everybody. Yeah, yeah, man. So, so like the plan was initially we did this pop up concept. We did a bunch of pop ups at my cousin's cidery and farm farm market, and then 2020 came along. We're like, all right, well, what if we did a food truck concept? And that's where you know we started drafting up plans in late 2019, going into 2020 to import this vintage three wheeled motorcycle, which literally has become part of my branding. I love, um, it. but it's essentially a three wheeled motorcycle with a truck body on it. And um, these vehicles are native to, to a lot of countries in Europe and Asia, um, as well as Central America and South America. Uh, but this vehicle is actually illegal in the United States. So I had to figure out mm-hmm. how do I get it imported to the U.S. And uh, surely enough, I was able to figure out that information and found a gentleman who is in California who has a license to import them to California. And basically you import them as an antique or a classic vehicle. Mm. Um, So that's basically, it's gotta be 25 years or older and then you can import it as an antique or classic. So that's what happened. So in September, 2019, I pulled the trigger, purchased one and it was expected to arrive in March or April. And then the whole world shut down. And then we had to adjust and pivot and figure out ways to stay relevant you know, going into 2020 and we, you know, came up with the idea of doing like at home pizza making kits, which did really well, especially in the beginning of the pandemic. A lot of restaurants were providing these, you know, menu options that they have at their restaurants in a kit form for everyone to produce at home. So we did the very same thing. Um, I also did virtual pizza making classes. So again, just being able to stay relevant um, in the city of Rochester, then come May of 2020, things opened up um, and we had a beautiful summer and um, we just kind of hit the ground running come May of 2020. And I know your focus has been Neapolitan yeah. uh, style pizza predominantly. What made you choose that concept over others? So initially we started out with like a Neapolitan style because the Rockbox oven um, to get best use out of it uh, was really just. So we could 
turn around as many pizzas as we could in a 60 minute window. So we would do pop-up events from, you know, four to eight, five to eight, five to nine, something along the lines of that, or even, you know, throughout the entire day. But like, how can we rapidly produce a product that's at a quality level for our customer? So we decided to go Neapolitan. So like Neapolitan has a bake time of anywhere from 60 to 90 seconds. We can allow the ovens to recover, you know, three to five minutes in between each bake. And that's how we were able to to turn around, you know, anywhere from 80 to 120 to 150 total pizzas in a pop up event. So I decided to go that route um, just because from the sheer standpoint where I can get those ovens up to 800 degrees and keep them maintained at that temperature and pump out these Neapolitan style pizzas. And that's really how we got started. Um, And that style of pizza really is only utilized when we're using the truck. And then, you know, come 2020, end of 2020, we pretty much hustled from May all the way through October, end of October. And we were doing pop-up events Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday throughout that entire year of 2020. Because we didn't know what the hell was going on with the pandemic, whether we were going to have another shutdown. So we were just riding it out, um, doing as many events as we could and um, trying to get our brand and our concept out there because it wasn't a typical food truck concept. You know, you think these these workhorse box trucks, you know, that the FedEx truck and the UPS truck and the Amazon trucks that deliver those packages except with food in them um, and doing your quintessential workhorse box truck, we decided to go with a non-conventional route. And I got the idea from a gentleman out in the UK um, who started, I think, was probably the first pizza truck like this using Gosney ovens. So him and I... Uh, we're, we're probably some of the first people to do this concept using the Rockbox ovens. And then from there, like I said, we hit the ground running through 2020, had an aggressive plan for 2021. And then in 2021, we came across a space to open up a brick and mortar because again, just like 2020, 2021, we were booking out. I mean, by March of that year, I pretty much had like 80% of my summer booked out. Wow. Um, wow. So from there, it was like, what's next? And the most common feedback we were getting from our community was, why do we have to chase you around Monroe County to all these different <laughs> venues? You know, because they only do that for so long um, and they'd get to the venue and we'd be sold out because like that was our concept was like X amount of a high quality product. And, you know, you can only produce so much at a high level without your equipment and your staff being able to to stay up to that standard. And um, it worked for us, you know. And from there, we took that feedback from the community um, and decided to get into a brick and mortar space. And I came across this space that I couldn't pass up. It checked a lot of boxes for me. And initially, like my plan in 2020 was like, okay, 2022, getting into a brick and mortar space. So I initially was like, not even going to really dive into it, like to see what the expenses look like, to how to even get this commercial equipment, you know, all that stuff never really was going to be like implemented until 2022. So here I am, I come across a space, I'm like, oh, I got to get into this space. And then all the other dominoes kind of fell into place. Um, and then we opened the brick and mortar in, <laughs> it was like, the second summer, well, third summer, technically, of our mobile business. Um, so we did 2019, 2020, and then 2021 in a brick and mortar space in a limited fashion. So we were still operating in the truck in 2021, um, just doing private events, not doing 
pop-up events at that point and then operating the the brick and mortar at the same time. So I really just had to like, I mean, from, from essentially, I want to say from, what was it? March of 2021 through like June of 2021 was just like heavy training as much as I could for the staff because once July hit, I needed to be doing, you know, all these pop-up events in addition to the brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. So it just empowered my team and they nailed it, man. They crushed it and they still continue to crush it for me. And all in all, like it was really just trial by fire because I had no idea, like we were such a young business. I had no idea if my restaurant was going to be successful. Like, can this this pizza concept translate to, or a mobile pizza concept translate to a brick and mortar concept? And that's where we decided to to hopefully not steer away too much from our branding. Like, how are you going to go from peels on wheels to a brick and mortar? You're a food truck. <laughs> so we opened up the pizza garage and our food truck, our vintage truck is parked on display in the restaurant where we have a garage door that opens up and we can pull the truck in and out. So from there, I love it was that. developing a bunch of different styles of pizza, being an experimental pizza kitchen. And now we do essentially like five different styles of pizza and have five different dough recipes and do specific styles of pizza in addition to our everyday pizza, which is like a Neo New York. Um, so it's very much been an, a very bizarre chain of events. And I think all of us have a silver lining through this pandemic. And mine was finding my, my, I guess my passion and my approach. Yeah. yeah, My calling to, to pizza. And there's been a bunch of bizarre instances along the way to get me to where I am. But like, I had no plans to do any of this. It's just kind of (laughs) happened because when I got furloughed for my job, I needed some sort of income. I just maintained my position on my health benefits. So I had no money. So like Mm. I needed to generate income and that's where like all of it kind of worked out in one way shape or form because i had already been generating additional income on the side on top of my you know monday through friday nine to five job but then once that got taken away it's like we're all in <laughs> exactly so what, were, what yeah. were the most challenging one or two of the most challenging aspects of launching your own brick and mortar for me it was just getting the concept out there and branding out there so like Our pizzeria, like very much my approach to anything that I make and anything that I source, I want to source locally. I want to build the relationships with the local farms. I want to know where my produce is coming from. I want to know where my animal protein is coming from. And a lot of the stuff that we produce is very labor intensive. You know, we make our own sausage in-house. We make our own mozzarella in-house. You know, we're sourcing things from the local farms in our area. So I go to the public markets, you know, a couple times a week to get produce and build our specialty items or specialty pizzas and sandwiches based off what's in season. Um, so for me, it was educating the community on that aspect of it. Um, and that was really by word of mouth and putting that dialogue on our website and sharing our story and our approach to, you know, food and pizza. And another thing, too, was like I wanted to offer the community Detroit style. I wanted to offer Sicilian and grandma style. I wanted to offer focaccia and still offer Neapolitan. So educating our community and our customer base that we do these styles of pizza on these specific days. And these are the reasons why this dough takes X amount of time. It requires these ingredients. 
and we dedicate this amount of time for prep. So like educating our customers as to why we only do it one day a week. We keep it a novelty. We keep that quality of it at a high level. Being that we're really only executing it one day out of the week means that we have to knock it out of the park if that's the only time we're going to be doing it. And just kind of educating the community in that aspect and 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 showing them like how many different styles of pizza there are in the world. Um, you think of the United States, you've got Detroit, Chicago, Chicago Deep Dish, Chicago Cracker Thin, you've got Neapolitan, you've got New York, you've got New Haven, so many different styles of pizza just in the U.S. alone. Um, so uh, for me, it was just really the most difficult thing was like, why are you only doing, you know, limited amounts of this? And why is it on specific days? And just having those conversations and explaining that to our customers um, and then they want to know why we don't have olives and artichokes and spinach <laughs> and all that stuff on our menu. And it's, again, just educating the community by word of mouth and, and building that culture amongst our staff. Like that was one of the things where I worked in a couple corporate and private institutions where they built this culture and, and built the team passionate about whatever the approach was to to those different companies and i've i've kind of I, that's kind of been the same approach in a in a small locally owned concept and it's worked for us you know here we are we're about to celebrate 2 years of the brick and mortar this would essentially be our 5th year of our mobile operation but this year i decided to retire the truck entirely just to focus on the restaurant and open up that playbook a little bit on some of the offerings because you know, for those first couple of years, that first year specifically, we we're very much limited in hours and, and product availability. And we were, you know, selling out, it seemed like week to week, day to day. And um, at some point, you know, your customer base is going to get frustrated if they strike out a couple times in a week. And from there, like, we just really wanted to 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 offer these things, but slowly but surely, um, because we were just operating a food truck at the same time. So 2022 came along, um, started doing a bit less of the private party. So instead of doing, you know, two or three a week in 2022, we decided to go one a week in 2022, just slowly working out of the the mobile to implement, you know, more store hours, more menu options, exhaust some more labor to focus on building out a menu and showcasing our skill set. And then from there, 2023, I decided to just retire the truck entirely just to be able to focus and grow the restaurant. That's uh, pretty awesome. And can you talk a little bit more about the community impact and, and just how you strive to give back to the community through, uh, through your food, through your product? Yeah. So, so for me, um, you know, Peels on Wheels was a, a great way to get to the Rochester market and get our brand and concept out to so many different, you know, counties, cities, things like that in the Rochester and surrounding area. Um, but now it's, it's really more of just providing excellent customer service and quality of food to our community. Um, and again, like I said, as a, a chef or home chef, whatever you want to call it, um, I've always been super passionate about food and community. Um, food brings people together, you know, especially and, and pizza, especially pizza. Pizza. Yeah. pizza is a global food nonetheless. So yeah. I would have never imagined meeting people from all over the world just because of pizza. You know, it's it's very surreal to think about, but like food and community, like quality of food and quality of service go hand in hand to me. 
And, um, you know, I've instilled that in my concept, in my restaurant. I preach it till I'm blue in the face because, again, I want to put money back into the community. So me supporting those local farms is putting money directly into that that farm mm. that we choose to source from. And not to mention, I get a face to face with that that person. I build up a relationship with that person. And then it turns into a very symbiotic relationship in the sense of, hey, Lewis, we're going to be doing X, Y and Z, you know, uh, growing that that's going to be available from this time to this time to this time. You know, what are your thoughts? Can you use any of it as a specialty pizza? So it becomes something that's that's very symbiotic and it works both ways. I get to produce a beautiful, you know, menu option using this produce or animal protein produced by this farmer who's super passionate about what they're doing. So I get to showcase their craft in a way and I'm doing them a service as well as my community. So like it's important to me to build those relationships, know where my money's coming from, know where that produce and that animal protein is coming from that I'm providing my customers. So when my customers ask me, where is that coming from? I can speak to it, you know? And 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 the, a thing that comes up very fre- frequently is you can tell the amount of quality that goes into our, our products, whether it's our sandwiches, whether it's our, you know, whatever style of pizza, they notice. And, and for me, I've, I've pretty much run the same model where we're trying to source as much locally, keep it at a high quality. You know, you might be able to charge a, a higher price point, but we are able to produce a very, very quality product. And we're able to retain that customer because we're hitting it on a consistency piece and a quality piece. And the quality piece is quality of service and quality of food. Those two things go hand in hand. Yep. So if you have great product, but you have mediocre service, people probably aren't going to come back. Whereas you have mediocre food and excellent service, people are more than likely going to come back in that regard. Um, so for me, if you can execute both of those quality of service and quality of food, I mean, it's, it's a no brainer. People are going to come back. So like over the time, like getting to know our customers has been a great thing. You know, I've got customers that it started out with no kids that have kids and now I'm seeing their kids <laughs> grow up, which is super, super bizarre to see. But like, it's been nice to get cool. on a first name basis with a lot of these people. And, um, you know, I very much appreciate my community and trying to make an impact on my community through my food and service. And that's been the whole model since I started. So it's very much part of the culture. And and speaking of community, uh, Peels on Wheels has now expanded uh, your social reach uh, and on social media specifically, you've got a growing audience of very passionate uh, and loyal fans. Talk a little bit about what investment you've made, not necessarily dollar investment, but just investment in time and strategy to help grow your following on social media. This is a topic that a lot of people are always very curious about. Yeah. So for me, it's always been like being authentic and producing quality content, being consistent with the content, trying to regularly post because mm-hmm. you got to keep feeding the beast, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's it's the biggest thing is like also building that relationship with the people who follow you. If they take the time to shoot you a message, I want to take the time to respond. You know, I think of when I was starting out and I would reach out to certain people. And again, I get it. You know, some influencers or some social media pages have so many followers that it it can get impossible to reach them. But for me, like if anyone's reaching out to me, I'm going to do everything I can to 
get back with whatever information they're reaching out in regard to. So like engagement has been huge. And if there's someone who's consistently been following your journey, you know, I've got people who, you know, I started out with from the very beginning that I still talk to regularly day to day. So like I've built up these relationships over time. Um, but growing it on social media, you you have to be on there. Unfortunately, seeing the trends on social media is important. And that's a whole nother beast of its own <laughs> as a small business owner. Right. But I'm I'm getting to a point where I I need to start dedicating more time to my restaurant. Um and and who knows, potentially might have someone help operate or share some of that workload. But it's pretty much been me for the bulk of these past four years of creating that content and just making sure it's authentic and consistent for the community. And not to mention, I do have uh, uh, brand partnerships with uh, Gosney, you know, Mike's Hot Honey and Bianco Dinopoli. So like, you know, showcasing those uh, ingredients and equipment or whatever the case may be, that's been a huge part of it too. So that, you know, it's a mutual uh, relationship, you know, in the sense of, you know, they are there to produce this equipment, these ingredients, and I'm here to utilize that as my canvas, you know, for the people that follow me. Um, so all in all, like social media can be very, very difficult, um, but you just got to figure out ways to produce it and produce it in an authentic manner. Yeah, authenticity is so, so important. Let's look forward a little bit. What, what's uh, what's the vision for Peels on Wheels? What's the vision for Luis? Where are we in three to five years? You know, <laughs> for me, it's so funny. I tell my wife, she's asking me about stuff at the end of the day. The next day, I'm like, let me make it through this day <laughs> before that. So like, for me, forward thinking, you know, it's it's tough because like right now, there's just as a small business owner, there's always so many different challenges at hand. Like I love the idea to expand and have another couple pizza concepts, mm -hmm. but I'm very much aware that Peels on Wheels Pizza Garage or the Pizza Garage is not a scalable concept. You know, I, I'm aware that we exhaust so much labor and time into the ingredients that make it to our pizza that it's it's certainly not something that's scalable, unfortunately. So but it that, may be that, something. That's also, that's also what makes it special, though. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know that I would say it's unfortunate. I would just say it's, you know, one of one. And that's, that's not a bad thing. I, I agree in that regard. I think we should celebrate one of ones a little bit more than I think, you know, people give it credit for. But yeah, no, but going forward, you know, I like the idea of potentially having a few pizza concepts mm -hmm. um, down the road and, and figuring out ways to get there. Um, but for me, it's just produ producing quality content, producing recipes, things like that, and sharing any insight, knowledge um, that I've experienced during my time as a small business owner and a pizza chef. And I'm not trying to sit here and say I know it all because I certainly don't. Every day I'm learning something new. Um, and, and again, I will say that till I'm blue in the face because as you know, you know, you can have uh, an agenda, but you can certainly plan on that agenda being adjusted every single day due to unfortunate, unforeseen circumstances. So I go into every day just saying, all right, here's what I got to do this day. And hopefully nothing comes in between these things. But if it does, you got to sort it out one way or another. Yeah. And, uh, as uh, as the saying goes, I mean, uh, I actually heard this uh, a few years ago. You know, small business owners are creators, they're makers whose house is consistently on fire. 
And, yeah, uh, <laughs> and it's just constantly putting out fires yeah, or, yeah. or building the train tracks to a train that's on those tracks. <laughs> like, exactly. You're just constantly, constantly trying to, to problem solve. But uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, man. And, that's amazing. And I, it's been, like I said, it was not the, a set plan or, or set path for me. It just, like I said, a few different instances that led me to where I am. So... I'm just happy to be where I am. Simple as that. Congratulations again. Uh, this was so helpful. Uh, I'm sure it'll inspire so many other people to, uh, you know, take the next step forward. Uh, that, you know, just do the next best thing for yourself, for your business, which is sort of the approach that you took that ultimately led you to this uh, really successful one out of one authentic brand and product and uh with that, I want to say thank you for joining us. This has been a great conversation, and I look forward to uh, following your story and hopefully uh, in the next uh, couple of years, checking out some of the new concepts you're going to launch uh, in the Rochester area, maybe beyond. Fingers crossed, man. Yeah. I, like I said, it's been a bizarre roller coaster, lots of highs and lows, but I wouldn't change it. But in any event, you know, just kind of going with the flow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Luis. Congrats again. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Appreciate awesome. your time.